Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Advantage Connors. As always, your host, Brett Connors, here with my co-host, Jimmy Connors. What's going on with you today? Yeah, it's another beautiful day, Santa Barbara, California, and uh, I got uh, got up, got going. I've been up since early because we got something going on across the pond, but I got my bike ride in and uh, did a little work and now talking to you and ready to get started. So what's on your mind? You said uh, something going on across the pond. Uh, are you referring to a golf event? Uh, aren't I, though? <laughs> it, 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 could, it, it could be the best because... Uh, I, uh, I get up and, and uh, uh, I'm home by myself. Mom left for a couple days and I got Bogey, our Snauzer, and Stevie, our cat. And, and we just kind of cuddled in last night. And I've been watching the, uh, the, the British Open since uh, about one o'clock this morning. So uh, I got my bike ride in, but boy, am I tired. <laughs> yeah. So, but well, uh, that's it, good. It's now still you... fun to watch. It's at St. Andrews. And I keep saying this and we're going to have to you know, sack up and do it one day, Brett, we're going to have to go over there and play yeah. because it looks, it looks so much fun and so interesting. And, you know, I can see where they say, you just got to be patient. You got to be patient. You can't be forced in anything because you get in some of those bunkers. Geez, I may, uh, I, I may be in there next year when you come back to see me, but uh, <laughs> God, it, it would, uh, it, it would be such a, such an experience to go over there and play be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm going to hold you to that. I'm uh, I'm getting a little tired of us talking about it. I think at some point, I, I think We've we just talked about it way too long now. So yeah, and and, and no, I've got buddies. You got buddies that uh, all we got to do is say, hey, uh, let's go to St. Andrews and yeah, you know try to get on St. Andrews and two or three other. I mean, we don't have to go for a long period of time. Three or four days would be enough. And and uh, but uh, the experience of playing, you know, that kind of golf, uh, yeah. links golf, and. And, uh, you know, uh, I guess it's, you know, the home of golf and, you yeah. know, go back to the history and all that. But, but it would, uh, we, yeah, you're right. We got to stop talking about it and do it. Yeah, I think. Uh, and also three or four days, once we get over there and we see all those courses and uh, get the caddies and, and have the food and, and see everything, I think we're going to want to, you know, want to stay and have a little fun. But yeah, I think I'm, one, one day I'm just going to book flights for us, set it up. 
and then come up to you and hand you a ticket and be like, you're not squirming out of this one. <laughs> We're getting on this flight. We got the boys and, and, and the crew's meeting us there. They're coming with us. We're a bag. They're shipping the bags over and all that. So, uh, that's, so that sounds like a good morning. You got your, your bike ride in and you've watched the golf. So you've got, you got yep. most of your work in. Now you can take it easy in the afternoon and watch the replay and, and record a little advantage Connors with me. Uh, so yeah, that's, that, that's the fun part. <laughs> that, that's the good, but we can sit and talk about it now. It's great. Right. Yeah. And, uh, so the other stuff going on across the pond, uh, I worked this morning, um, uh, back producing this week, some of the smaller events randomly, they go back to the clay. Some of these That's players crazy. love the clay so much that there's another mini clay court season after the grass. And uh, mm. actually, we weren't going to talk about this, but I want to ask you, what do you think? Like, uh, I always say, especially when you see that, because three, three of the four events we're covering, the two women's events are clay and one men's, Bostad, and then uh, they're in Newport at the Hall of Fame, which is on grass. Right. You know, so they well, go, they literally go back to three of the four events this week are on clay. And it makes me wonder, like, why don't they have a little bit longer grass court season? Like if there's enough time to sneak in a mini clay court season before we get to the hard court, the summer hard courts of, uh, of the U.S., like, isn't there a chance to like extend the grass another week or two and maybe make one of the events a Masters 1000 or, or I don't know. I mean, I feel like the grass kind of gets gypped where you said it, it's, you know, golf is where, where golf started is in, you know, in, in the UK. And then so also with tennis and, uh, you know, a lot of it was played on grass and, and, you know, the, all the three of the slams were on grass originally mm -hmm. in Australia, yeah. Wimbledon and us open. And, uh, I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, back, uh, back in the, uh, the early seventies, I guess they, that's when they uh, started changing because, uh, you had Australia, Wimbledon, and the U.S. Open on grass. And then in uh, 75, uh, uh, I, I had won um, the U.S. Open in 74 on grass. And in 75, we show up and it's on clay. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, and, I, you know, and I look and, you know, Mar uh, the U.S. at the time, you know, we were all fast court players, more or less. And, you know, and so what were they doing? Trying to, you know, I mean, what, what should I say? Should I be quiet and not say cater to the Europeans? <laughs> you know, but it seemed... It kind of seems that's what uh, you know what they're doing. They, they, uh, they, they have catered mostly to Europe and South America to you know to the ones that have been brought up on that clay and have extended the uh, you know the the lifeline of the clay court circuit. And mm -hmm. you know not not that that's bad because uh, I mean you have you have hard courts over here and uh, in uh, the early part of the year after the Australian Open, mm -hmm. which by the way is no longer on grass and it hasn't been for, you know, a couple of decades. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, I mean, it's, uh, it's amazing how, you know, things have changed in the game to, you know, kind of, uh, you know, fit the style, right. I guess. I mean, uh, you know, the, you know, most of, uh, the, the play is the same with the ball bouncing up and you know, the courts are the same, the ball bounces up and with the top spin and, you know, so the days of, of uh, being able to uh, change your game and uh, and adjust to you know to the mud of uh, and, and the terbatu of Roland Garros to mm -hmm. the you know to the to the courts at Wimbledon which were nothing like they are now you know to the fast hard courts of the U.S. Open you know I, I guess I guess those days are over I don't know unless it's, unless it starts to be cyclical and starts coming around somewhere where you know you get some kids, some young kids come up now that know how to play this modern, 
topspin power game mm-hmm. uh, with the, with this equipment, but also have an old school attitude. Right. So, so eventually, there's going to be a hybrid. Yeah. Yeah. That that comes up and and uh, I, I mean a hybrid player. Mm-hmm. You know that 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 under that understands old school, new school, and a combined school. Right. You know to be able to play that kind of tennis. And but what do you think? So that, Don't. Don't you think there's more room for like more grass then? Like, well, I, I feel I, like I, I, I feel like if why, it, why wouldn't there be right? Like, why I feel like I feel like if after Wimbledon they would go right to the hard and they're like, look, we have the schedule where we have to get the hardcore season in, blah blah blah. But it's like, hey, if there's time to literally go like essentially backwards, kind of in the calendar where we go back to the surface, you know, right. the clay court season, which usually culminates at the at Roland Garros at the Slam, kind of like the grass court season that. You know, I mean, they do Newport kind of because it's this Hall of Fame event, special thing where they do the Hall of Fame. But for the most part, Wimbledon's it. And then they go back to the clay. It's like, hey, man, like, why don't they turn Queens or Halla or or create some new event, make it a Masters 1000. That way you can push it, push Wimbledon back maybe a week, you know, and put it, put it more, you know, it would be ending this weekend instead as opposed to last. I don't know. I just think the grass is so cool and unique. And, you know, we're going to talk about Wimbledon uh, in a minute, but it, you know, it allows certain players to kind of bubble up and all of a sudden be way more of a contender than they would be on the clay or even on the hard court. Um, and so I just, and you were, you have, you're one of the best grass court records all time, you know, cause you played a lot of the, like you, like you said, they were first, you know, three of them were on grass. So you got a lot of grass court matches in early in your career before they changed it. So I just, what do you think about that? Do you think there's room for more grass? Well, yeah, before, uh, you know, I didn't play the French for, you know, seven years, six, seven years or so. And so what was I going to do if I, if I wasn't playing the French, you know, I was going to get ready for Wimbledon. So I had tournaments uh, to go to like Chichester and Nottingham and, you know, some other little smaller events uh, uh, around, uh, around in, in England and, and, and thereabouts, you know, to, to be able to play and to, to get some, you know, grass court matches in. So, you know, there was at the time, uh, before Wimbledon, uh, uh, many tournaments leading up to it on grass. If you didn't play the French, you had somewhere to play. And, and then, you know, now, yeah, they, it seems to, I mean, there, they have, uh, Hala and they have Queens and, they have a number of tournaments, Eastbourne. but I'm sorry, like Stuttgart and Eastbourne, you know, they have some yeah. events and they actually made it longer. It used to be two weeks in between. Right. You and know, now, so- now it's a little, it's a little longer, but, but, you know, a lot of guys, you know, like at the time I would play Queens and then I would take the week off before Wimbledon to, mm-hmm. to practice a bit and kind of get used to it. You know, I, uh, you know, Borg never played a tournament. He just went over there and practiced yeah. after the French and, and, uh, you know, Vetus was uh, his practice partner. I practiced with Nasty. We all had our, you know, our guys to play with and practice with. But you know, what it, it, it you know, to it was also before the U.S. Open. There was a number of tournaments before the U.S. Open when uh, when that was on grass. Yeah, yeah. You know, the grass, the grass was, you know, even though the grass back then compared to now was shitty. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just just to just to be honest with you, uh, you know, but but. Uh, uh, you know, the grass was, you know, it, it, that was an interesting time. I mean, you know, the, the guys who would win, there would be, you know, uh, upsets, you know, because a lot of the guys that I came up with from Roscoe Tanner to Dick Stockton to Brian Godfrey to, you know, myself to the, uh, Sandy Mayer, you know, all, you know, came out of a junior rank where, you know, we were playing on hard courts and faster courts. So going to the grass and, you know, being able to, you know, to play some of the guys that were, 
you know, maybe getting a little older and maybe on their way out, giving us a chance to have a win, mm-hmm. you know, on a faster, on a faster court like that. But uh, yeah, going, going back to the clay, I, I, I don't, I don't get it, you know, because, you know, what, what, uh, what's leading up now during the summer? I mean, you know, after Wimbledon, you have the Hall of Fame in Newport, Rhode Island, which is on grass. But I think everything after that is, is over in the States is hardcore leading up to the U.S. Open. Right. You know, I think it, there's it, even like another week next week. There's like Hamburg. So there's like another week where they still kind of like hang in the clay. The thing about it to me, a couple of things is like, look, if you're going to say, look, we can only have this short grass season and Wimbledon has to end here, blah, blah, blah. You can't have the reason has to be something else besides, you know, the hard courts or the scheduling. You can't all of a sudden go back to the surface. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also like it, it helps, it like rewards the clay quarters, you know, more because now, you know, okay, we well, didn't, they've just did, had a month off because they're not playing grass. Right. They're either, <laughs> they've either taken it off and stayed practicing on the clay or gone to challengers getting ready for this, these two weeks, or they probably tank out or not, you know, don't do well as well on the grass. But then now they're able to kind of like, collect more points these couple of weeks you know what i mean it's like a weird like no you're supposed to grab your clay court points and the clay court season the grass court points and the grass court season you know now then you move to the hard and then we go to the indoor stuff and and, and that kind of stuff in in the fall more but i i don't know to me it's not that big a deal but i just like i'd like the grass i think it's so neat that it's this like live surface and you know it's it has to be watered and it's you know it's so different than hardcore you know hardcore right. is just cement with some paint you know, and the grass is like, it has to, it's been bruised and you know, there's literally like a groundskeeper, like, you know, Bill Murray character out there every night, like mowing it and trying to make sure it's good talking to it, you know? Um, so I just wish there was more. And I, I think there's kind of some room for it, but um, one thing uh, in Bostad before we move on to, I want to recap Wimbledon uh, and, and get into some other stuff, but we're in Sweden this week. Of course, now that I'm back in the States, the tennis is in Sweden. So Bostad is a small kind of summer town has 15,000 people. It's kind of like, uh, and in the summer it doubles the uh, population doubles to like 30,000 because it becomes a really great summer retreat and people from all over Sweden and other parts of Europe come hang out. And one of the things they have is a summer tennis tournament men's. And so, uh, that's what I've been working this, this week, producing that, uh, in the mornings, uh, along with some, some great people that I work with. And, uh, one storyline that we talked about that has popped its head up. He must've been, uh, listening to advantage Connors. I wanted to get your take, but our boy Dominic team mm. had been, I think something like, Oh, and 11 in his last 11, uh, on the ATP tour, um, something wow. like 0 yep. and 6 this year. We talked about him a couple weeks ago, has had a chance, and I was lucky enough to work the match, so I think it might have something to do with me, but no, I'm just kidding. Uh, he <laughs> has able yeah, to... No, you're not kidding. Maybe he's listening. <laughs> right. You know, he's like in your maybe face. Maybe he should listen. <laughs> <laughs> he's like in your but, face, but, guys. But he's been able to pick up a couple wins, and not just uh, regular wins, over a couple quality players. Uh, Emil Rusevori. Uh, really mm-hmm. good, like top 50 player and Roberto Bautista, a goot. Uh, yeah, he beat him a today. Uh, a goot had been four and one against him lifetime, but this was the first time they played on clay. And, um, funny thing was he, I was talking to my friend, uh, I work with, uh, Jeff Chisver and we were kind of watching and we're like, come on, man, like, come on, Dominic, you know, like we're kind of waiting for him to like click back into the guy he was, you know, that mm-hmm. we're used to seeing, you know, cause before he left, he was cranky you know he was playing the best tennis we'd ever seen him 
You know, he'd, right. uh, all of a sudden he, you know, he won Indian Wells. And then later that year, uh, he wins the U S open breaking through finally winning a slam and it's on a hard court, not clay. Like everyone probably would have assumed early in his career. And then he gets this injury and he's, he's been out now for a year and a half and, you know, we're watching him and, and, and you can tell there's so much more room for improvement and he's been able to, to gut out two wins in a row this week. And, um, and just wanted to get your thoughts on that. It's, it, is it because there seemed like there was stuff where you're like, that's the wrist. And then there'd be stuff where like, that has nothing to do with an injured wrist. And right. I wanted to get your take. Like when you're coming back from an injury, like, you know, you had the wrist thing. Like when you came back, obviously there's parts of your game where it's like, okay, I need to do blank because my wrist and, you know, I give myself more time or whatever. All the things are that you check off because of the wrist injury or the wrist recovery. But what are the other things? That's what I wanted to ask you. What are the other things that like show up and you're like, oh shit, like that's not usually a problem when I'm playing all the time that all of a sudden now you have to give attention to things that are kind of more standard and more, you know, uh, basic kind of stuff that you kind of take for granted when you're up and running. But then when you're coming back, you have to kind of give a, you know, give it some attention. Well, it, it's it's uh, being away for you know for a year, a year and a half. You're missing out on all that match play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's the one thing. And and you know you're you're always you know uh, you go out and you practice and you're worried about your wrist. Uh, you know if you're coming back and is, is it right? Does it feel right? Should I give it more time off? And and there's always that little question in your mind. And you know that's kind of why. You know, when when I had my wrist injury and I I tried to play over the course of the year, which was a big mistake. It was stupid because I knew it wasn't wasn't going to get any better. You know, I would I would shoot it up with Novocaine to try to take the, uh, you know, the pain away and then the clicking away. And then the more I shot it up and I didn't feel the pain, the more damage I was doing because it was severing my tendon and, you know, and, and, and going through going through all that. So eventually, when you make your mind up and you say, all right, I'm going to get this fixed. And then, and then I'm going to come back, I'm going to rehab and I want to get back into it. That, that was kind of, that was kind of my thought, but you know, I had no choice because I was in a full arm cast for 12 weeks, right. you know? So, you know, that, that kind of put me on the sideline, you know, but, but being away from tennis and, and, you know, uh, I had a year off in there or a year and so many months off, but everybody else was, was going forward in that same time. So really I was two and a half years behind. That's the uh-huh. way I looked at it, that I couldn't train. I couldn't play. I was losing match competition and I, and all my, and all my competition was moving ahead, doing all that. So, you know, to, to come back after that kind of layoff, it takes a while to start settling in and realizing, you know, uh, just, just what you can do and, and, you know, what you have been able to do before you got hurt. And, and then trying to reach that, uh, that level of, you know, perfection, I guess, that, yeah. uh, that you had before uh, is, is a difficult thing. But, you know, to see him come back and play and, and you know, and, and to have the kind of tournament that he's having and, and having a couple of wins like that, you know, maybe he's on his way. Maybe it's just taking him a while to, you know, to find his footing and, and, to, and, and to start getting the feel of, of, uh, of what he was before he left and before he got injured and, 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 uh, and, and trying to find the right path yeah. on his way back to that. That's, it's not, it's not easy, but you know, isn't it funny? I mean, you never heard of a wrist injury beforehand, you know, now, you know, geez, you know, a lot of guys get, you know, are, are one, one of our guys that we always liked, you know, before he retired, yeah. uh, Delpo. Del, Del, 
Yeah, Delpo. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he, he struggled with it for years. Both and years. wrists too. I think he, I think he had ended up having surgeries on both of them. Um, uh, yeah. What uh, like so? Do you remember like uh, like you know coming back and being like, oh, my footwork is trash. Like, do you remember being like, get your feet around there or like, get your hip out of the way or like whatever the little basics, you know, like they called Tim Duncan, the big fundamental because he wasn't like flashy, but he had the fundamentals down. So once like when you're up and running, you come off a slam and you're number one or two or three or whatever in the world, like, sure, you're obviously always giving attention to the fundamentals, but you know, the more honed in you are, I always feel like that's when you can practice kind of the quote unquote, like cutting edge stuff. You know, like when I played no, golf, I had, I had, I had the fundamentals down, uh, that that's, uh, that was ingrained in my head since I was, you know, first picked up a tennis racket. It was the fundamentals. The confidence was what, uh, uh, was struggling with me at the very beginning, you know, to go out and, and, you know, first of all, trying to get in a tournament for me, she had every, everybody, uh, you know, I, I was, <laughs> she had, mm. I, I was still in the top, you know, the top 10 and, you know, I, I, I'd been out for a year and I said, geez, can I get in your tournament? Well, I, you know, I don't know, you know, what have you done lately? <laughs> kind of thing, you know? So well, you know, what the fuck? I mean, you know, I've been out with an injury. What am I supposed to do? Well, it's so you funny know, but- now, nowadays I was looking and now with all the protected ranking and all that stuff, uh, this week, yesterday, uh, Barbara Krejcikova, who won the French Open like two years ago, um, mm-hmm, she's right. been hurt. So she won the French and then played a little bit and then has had been dealing with injuries for the last year or so, like you said. And I, I'm you know, looking at the draw at the beginning of the day, and she's the one seed. And I'm like, how is she the one? Like, she, she hasn't been playing, like, and she hasn't been winning when she's been playing. You know, she's been like struggling right. a little bit. And it's like because of the old protected ranking or whatever all the things are. And so it seemed, it's funny to hear so different to be like back then, like you might've still been in like whatever the top 15 or something, you know, or top 20 when you came back after a year with the, with the different rules. No, I, I, when, when I was out, I don't think they had much of that back then because when I came back, you know, I, 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 I sank like a, you know, like <laughs> crazy. Then you, yeah, I, then you fell I into, down. then you fell into the category of dangerous floater. Yeah, the- <laughs> yeah, I love that though. You know, I've you know, I waited my whole career to be a dangerous loader, uh, and, and it was. Uh, but you know, but I, you know, I had I had to, to get into the open in '91. I had to get in as a wild card. You know, so I, I think I was in. You know, uh, I was in within the top 200, but you know, not very, not not very far within it. Mm-hmm. But you know, to you know, if they're if they're protecting like that to. I mean, it's a different time. They've made right, different rules right. and, and, and all that now. But, you know, I, you know to, to see team back, you know, he, to me, I, I like him. I, he's good for the game. And, and uh, you know, he, he was starting to get on a roll and, and to, you know, after winning the U.S. Open and then all of a sudden to, you know, to, to get an injury like that. And he's still young, you right. know, to go through an injury like that, being, being young. And, and uh, but, you know, he, he should – He's young enough that he can he can still he still has time to figure out his way to get back to where he uh, to where he was before he got injured and uh, I hope he does because he you know he's proven you know that he that he's got game uh, yeah. he, he's won the U.S. Open he was in the uh, the finals of the French uh, not times. once but a yeah. couple times yeah so you know he's he's proven he's got game and and uh, I'd like to see that game out there again. Yeah, I agree. I like him. I think the tour has been missing him. And uh, one last thing, uh, it's got to be frustrating because when you're coming back and you're in this position, you're like, okay, like I'm, I'm back fitness wise and 
And I'm like, you know, my wrist is better or whatever the injury is, is better. And, and then the one thing you need to have is match play and you can't simulate yeah. it or fake it or try and do it in practice. It's just never the same. And if you can't like get a, a win here and there, you stay stuck in this like spot where you're like, uh, he didn't like he was, he was gone. Oh, and 11. 0-6 on this year where, like, you said it. You're yeah. like, you know, maybe this is the start of it. Like, if he can just get one win and he beats Rusevori, you know, like, Rusevori is a, a good player, not maybe a clay quarter, so he maybe, you know, he gets a little lucky there and with the draw, but then, boom, a goot's waiting there. And then to get a three set, so he gets three good, hard-fought, solid sets over a guy mm-hmm. who's 4-1 and one against him in his career and is, like, playing pretty well, goot's whatever, in the top 20 or, or you know, 25 for sure. Right mm-hmm. now is uh, is one of those things where like uh oh you know and if you watch the tape he didn't play great the whole time there's times where you're like ugh come on Dominic like you know normally you always make that or you know like don't do that or you know don't do the drop shot again like there's times where you're seeing him still kind of figure himself out and get back into mm-hmm. into his routines and his and his patterns and stuff so once he gets that down and he gets a few wins gets some more match play I think you're right he's going to get up and running yeah but at least he has the guts to go out there and try it. You know, that he, he's not, you know, he wants to get back there. So he's not playing scared. <laughs> you know, that's, that's kind of a good thing. You go yeah. back and, you know, if, if you're going to play scared, then you know, take a little more time off and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, get, get healed. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and to where you have the confidence to come back and just let her rip. But if he's, if he's back trying his shots and, and, uh, and going about it that way, that's uh, that's a good sign too. So, mm-hmm. you know, whether he, whether he wins the tournament or not, this is, uh, it's, it's going to be valuable to him to, you know, this week to have won some matches and, uh, you know, hopefully get back on a, uh, on a good roll. Definitely. I think this is already a positive week for him. Even if he doesn't win any more matches, he'll take this and, and move forward and uh, have more confidence. Um, all right, let's move onward and recap Wimbledon pretty quick. So the last show we did, I think, uh, after the semis. So, uh, you know, we got the winners. Novak Djokovic gets his fourth straight Wimbledon title and his 21st Grand Slam overall, putting him one ahead of mm-hmm. Fed and one behind Rafael Nadal, who captured mm-hmm. the first two Grand Slams this year. And pulled out in the semifinal. Um, and then on the women's side, Elena Rybakina, Rybakina, depending on mm-hmm. how you pronounce it, takes the title home over our girl, Hones Jabor, who we talked about kind of rooting for in the last one, being a, an advantage Connors favorite, up yep. a set. Loses it to the young uh, Kazakhstan player. Um, what did you think about that? You start with uh, Rybakina for me first. Well, uh, you know, obviously, you know, she, uh, you know, to, to, she beat our, 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 our pick. I mean, we were, we were kind of, uh, you know, uh, rooting for Jabor, who has uh, been kind of a favorite of uh, Vantage Connors for a while. And, and, uh, but, but isn't, isn't it funny that, uh, you know, the, uh, I wonder how Wimbledon felt about giving her the trophy. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, uh, that, uh, you know, didn't, you know, they kept, um, Medvedev out. The Russians you know, out. The, the Russians were out, and and uh, I I I don't I don't I don't know politics isn't my thing. I mean I I wish I know. Just give I, me the I, tennis I, angle though. Yeah, the tennis angle is, is that you know it's funny what you'll do to to have a chance to win Wimbledon. 
I guess. Like, right. I guess that's that's the take. Well, and uh, also yeah. like uh, uh, lines on a map. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like there's a yeah. uh, whatever, uh, like he says in Blow when he's in the uh, <laughs> in the courtroom and he gets popped. Uh, Johnny Depp is like, what I do? I took some plants across some imaginary lines. Right. <laughs> and then the judge is like, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. those lines uh, weren't imaginary. But like, yeah, like you said, but- so she's uh, Kazakhstani um, and uh, she was born in Moscow. Born in uh, Moscow, Russia. So she was born in the capital of the country that all the other players, because they were born there and claimed residency there, were not allowed to play Wimbledon. And some of the players who weren't allowed were some of the best top players slash uh, funnest, like most entertaining. Medvedev has some of the most personality and, you know, he talks some smack out there and and we did a Rublev match today, and I was we were saying, uh, you know, at work that we we're like we missed we miss watching Rublev, you know, because he's he's fiery, he gives you a lot of emotion out there, and and you know, and he's kind of not like that off the court, so he's kind of a fun guy to kind of like, you know, in the interviews he's all soft spoken and really kind of chill, and on the court he's smashing his racket over his knee like Bo Jackson with the baseball bat, and uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, so we were well, like, it's a bummer. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's something they didn't want either. They don't want anybody to, you know, to be outside of the ordinary. I, right. don't, I don't know. Don't get me started on all right. that. It's all right. I'm just saying it's it's yeah. it's almost yeah. ironic that she wins because you're like, because yeah. I didn't realize I knew she was from Kazakhstan. And then everyone's like, well, you know, pretty much Russia. And I'm like, well, are they saying that because it's close to Russia? And then I look, she's like born in Moscow. And I'm like, OK, right. well, you know, whatever. It kind of it kind of shows you kind of a mockery of the whole topic a little bit puts yeah, a, a period it, it, on it it's, but it, it's too too bad it's, it's too it's too bad that happened it's you know kind of like you know keeping uh you know Djokovic out of uh out of australia and and then you know for him to come back and, and win uh you know wimbledon is kind of like you know sticking it sticking it to him you know and saying you know here you kept me out but and then i then i did did you know got to to where I lost to Nadal in the French and geez, they played early. They played in like the quarters or so. Mm-hmm. And then he comes and wins Wimbledon. And now, now he's got 21. He's one behind uh, Nadal, one over Federer. What's going to happen in the U S open now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so are they going to let him play? What, That's like the yeah, first what, thing, the first thing Twitter went off about is that we went right back. Everyone went, went right back to their corners over the vaccine, like argument that's uh, been shelved for five months. Oh, crikey. You know, what, what the hell? I mean, it, it's, uh, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's, uh, there's too, too much going on now. I mean, you know, either play or don't play, uh, you know, either, uh, you know, you can't, I, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's it just beyond, it's beyond, uh, you know, my understanding to, you know, to think that, that, uh, I mean, uh, to let, let somebody play now. I, I, I know, I know that there are variants out there. I know that Omicron is still out there. I know that I've had COVID twice. You know, he's had it twice. Djokovic has had it twice too. Yeah. I've had COVID twice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, my, my feel, my feeling is, is do you, do you let them here? Here's what I think. Do you let them play, you know, and, and uh, you, they go, they play, you walk them off, you get them in a car and send them to their house. If, if that, if that's the way it's going to be. Or, because or just I had, test them I had before the match. Go to Wimbledon. I had friends go to Wimbledon, Brett, and 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 uh, over uh, at the tournament and and around, and and they all came back and they had COVID. Really? Yeah. 
So, uh, you know, all, all six of them. Mm. And, and so, you know, so what's, you know, what, right. you know, so it's okay to have 40,000 people on the grounds, you know, right. and all that, because, and, and all of, if you've been boosted, if you haven't been boosted, you know, uh, you're still getting it. And also and, you know, like, so, and the part I hate about all of it is like, I just want to see the best like even with the golf, when we talk the LIV versus PGA and who, which sponsors do you like better? And like, um, and then all of this, cause like, I don't care really. I'm not that into the, the, like I love tennis. I've always watched it. It's my life. It's been part of our life is what I do, but I don't love it so much. Like I just want to watch the best tennis players play tennis. I want to watch the best golfers play golf. I don't really care about all the intricacies and the arguments and all that stuff. So when it becomes like all political or, you know, like this, oh, he's a Trumper or he's a, a non-Trumper right. because of this topic, everything gets dissected, you know, pushed into this black or white stupidity versus dumb like argument. We're like, hey, I just want to see, you know, like I'm bummed that Nadal pulled out because then we didn't have a chance to see Nadal Djokovic. You right. know, like I just want to yeah. see the best guys in the tournament uh, decide who won Wimbledon for this year, you know? So I right. just, it's just a bummer that now it becomes, you know, the whole, it becomes the whole COVID thing again, because the U S open supposedly he won't be let into the country. Cause if you're from oh. outside the U S you have to be vaccine and whatever. I don't want to get into too much, but like, you know, it's just a weird thing that people going to the event don't have to have it. But the guy who's maybe number, you know, whatever in the world and who's got 21 grand slams is being held out because he doesn't have it. Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah. I, I I don't know. We're 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 uh, you know in in uh, with this pandemic and it it's uh, it has changed everything. Uh, you know, so many things have changed in the last two two and a half years, and you know uh, attitudes of people and the way we handle things, and you know uh, you know the I'm for this and no no I'm for that, and you know people have divided have, uh, been divided so over over so many things you know over the past couple of years that uh you know i i don't i don't know instead of trying to figure out ways to di to divide people more it maybe it's better to try to figure out a way to bring them closer together and, and mm -hmm. uh, so, so that every everybody can kind of you know hopefully get along a little bit because if we you know going in this direction whoa right you know, i I've got, I've got a friend who said who said uh who said three things he says you know he says, and isn't it a shame I have to say this? He says, you keep your head down, your mouth shut, and take care of your own business. Mm -hmm. And 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 I said, I said, but that's sad, you know, that that I'm out riding my bike and getting my exercise, and I go by people on the street and, and I say good morning, and they look at me like, you know, like I got the plague. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so you know, like, you know, why? Because you know, I say good morning to you. What what am I what, you know, what what what's up? Right. Oh, yeah, you know, I so, think it's because so many everybody's isolated for the most part. And even if you like live with family or stuff, you usually just live with, you know, one or two or three or four, you know, like you live still like kind of isolated. We drive to work alone in a car. Yeah. We sit in cubicles alone at work and and, uh, you know, and then like everyone sits and watches all the same media, which is very dividing, divisive now. Like I feel when I was a kid growing up, the news obviously had you know, quote unquote, an agenda or, you know, uh, an opinion that was slanted in a certain way and biases and all that shit. But I feel like the news when I was a kid was trying to capture everybody. They wanted to try and get as big an audience as they could for their ratings and, and appeal to as much of the, as the people who were watching as possible. But over the course of my lifetime, it's changed to where like, you know, whatever Fox news or MSNBC or CNN, they don't care about 
hundred percent of the people. They just want to get like 30, 30%. They want to dominate. Yeah. They want to get the same 30% of the population to just watch them all the time over and over again. You right. know? So when your thinking goes from A to B to that, you know, you're, you're trying to appeal to everyone. So you're trying to be, you know, unbiased, quote unquote, because once you start to slant one way, you're pissing off the other half and they're going to bail, you know? And so it's just, yeah. uh, it's a shame that that's what it's become because it's become news became profit driven in the late eighties with the, with a bill, I think Reagan signed and, and then made, you know, it made it a lot different when you're seeking profit instead of just trying to actually report things that happen. You know, it starts to become like sports where it's sold like, you know, it's a big football game. We got the Super Bowl. We got the Republicans kicking off at 2 p.m. against the Democrats, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I, and it's always the same that. two teams playing every freaking week. You're like, oh, who's, who's it this week? Check it out. It's the Democrats. Okay. Maybe they played last week. Who are they playing? The Republicans. You're like, yeah. okay. Like, is there any other opinions or points of view that we can uh, like other teams quote unquote play i don't know what do you think well i i i think uh i i think that you know maybe you know we leave that up to the, you know the people that that are, are supposed to be out there looking after us and everything where i maybe maybe uh maybe that's wrong well maybe, you just you know, said we, that we have to keep our head down take care of our, our own shit but now what do you no. mean the people we're worrying about the people <laughs> if those are the no, people no, trying no, to take care of us that's what my friend said that, that's oh, what my friend I said you, I got you. that's not me saying that <laughs> that's not me saying that oh, I got but, you. But, you know you know but you know we're 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 letting you know you know people make the rules for us right i uh, i don't i don't know you know like maybe 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 we should you know get back to you know you know taking care of our own you know, t- you know, taking care of each other and, and right. you know, taking care of our lives and, you know, and trying to do the right thing and, and uh, you know, and all that. I mean, you know, what the hell? I mean, you know, we're living in a time when, you know, gas is, gasoline's off the charts. Everything's inflation's off, the charts. off the charts. Food's off the charts, you know, and, and uh, you know, we, we, uh, but, but the times we live in, you know, who would have, who would have thought that, you know, Russia would have invaded Ukraine? You mm-hmm. know, who, who would have thought a lot of this? this you know i so i don't know i don't know either it's It's like it's just uh it's a trip i just wanted to uh button up the i want to get back to something i know a little bit about and and that and that's sports (laughs) yeah yeah well like let me just recap uh i don't know if i know a lot about that anymore either no me neither but it's fun to talk about it we can we can try and uh, and try and pretend like we do but just finishing up wimbledon i just think it's funny that they you know i think it's sad in a way but also funny that they tried to keep out these certain people and then somebody born in moscow <laughs> ends up winning and then uh the, you know Djokovic, a lot of the same people who probably wanted to keep the russians out also are probably not very big fans of Djokovic. so wimbledon right. probably turned into not the not the best slam for certain for certain people out there but uh i don't know i enjoyed watching Djokovic win i, I like to be able to see who the best players are and it's a bummer that yeah. Rublev and Medvedev and some of the other players weren't there to, to really decide it. But uh, I was happy you won. And, and Rybakina is a, a fresh face, another name that we can look forward to watching now in her career. And, uh, and that's about it. So talk to me now. Well, I'm going to say one more thing about Wimbledon. I, I was out playing golf with my buddies the other day. And, and uh, they, uh, uh, they, they, they know I'm not, uh, you know, I don't like to talk tennis and, and stuff because that's my, that's my past life. And, and, uh, 
even, even and, and and I even though I loved it back then, it, it's just you know my my time's over and yeah, I keep up with it and I, I like uh, you know doing this with you know with you and, and talking about it because it, it kind of keeps my 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 toe in it a little bit. But they they came up and they said, "What about this guy Kyrgios? This guy Kyrgios, man, I haven't enjoyed watching tennis that much, uh, you know, since back in the day." And, and uh, you know, when, when McEnroe played and Nastasi played and you played and Gerolitis played, you know, when guys were a little bit crazy and, I, you know, I could tune in and I could get more than just him. This guy, Kyrgios, God damn, he is a pain in the ass. But, boy, boy, did, was he fun to watch. Did you see that serve that guy's got? That guy, he's going to get he's, – he's really playing well. You know, and, <laughs> okay, and going, I get going it. like this. <laughs> and and, and they're, just, they're just going on and on and on. And then the one guy looks at, up, up to him and he says, and by the way, who won the tournament? <laughs> You know, and I and I said, wait a minute, you're you're telling me that, but but that you know, Curios ad. I wish he would win more. Mm-hmm. You know, if if he would win more, he would be able. It's like it's like your grandma said, you can get by with almost anything if you win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she said almost anything. I I took that to another level. You can and, always but, push uh, push the line, see where that line is. You know, push yeah, the boundaries. You know, you know, if, if you win, but but they were saying that. That uh, you know, and and they're all sports wise guys, and in uh, you know, saying how much they enjoyed you know something different, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. somebody you know with a, a controversial, and, and somebody that was her own character, and you know, did he get, did he does he go off the handle a little bit? Sure, he said that. Sure, they did. You mm-hmm. know, they said he does this, but he's an ass. He's this, but you know, I still like him. You know, they mm-hmm. were just kind of back and forth, and but they but they said they they liked watching him play, and and uh, and. and you know, uh, and then they asked me, you know, what, what's it going to take for him to win, you know, and to win something like that? And I said, well, you know, it's like we've talked about, Brad, he's got one of the, the best serves probably I've ever seen. You know, it's so right. relaxed and loose and boom, he just uh, he just goes for it and it and his motion and everything seems to I mean, it just fits him and his style and everything, especially on so the grass, it seems like, too. Yeah. It really, it just yeah. it's like almost un, unreturnable sometimes. Um, but yeah, you but said it. Go ahead, go ahead. But what's it going to take for him to win? Mm-hmm. You, you know, is is kind of the whole thing. And and so I mean, I I think this, even though he, he got a walkover from Nadal in the semis, I think getting to the finals and in playing a final like he did against uh, Djokovic and that experience is really going to pay off for him. But you know, you can't think that you can live off this now. Mm-hmm. You know, he got to the finals of Wimbledon. That's fine. But it's the finals. It ain't a win, right. you know. So he's got to build on that, you know, and say, "What's it going to take?" I, you know, I got this far. What do I need to do to win it now? Next time. So and, what does he need he to goes, do? Well, I think he's got to stay out of his box up there. Uh, for one thing, he's got to take care of his own business. Uh, you know, that down on the court, and and to to forget about who's up in his box and yelling at them, and they can't go down there and play for him and win for him and return for him and all that. He's got to take care of his business and go about it in, in, in a way that allows him to be free to play the kind of tennis necessary to win. You know, he 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 seems to get in an argument or, or get within his own head. He gets in an argument with himself out there mm-hmm. you know, over, you know, maybe over over nothing. I, I, I don't know. I mean, listen, I, I got in my own head a few times out there myself, but, yeah. you know, I, I could shake myself out of there. Yeah, well, uh, you know, and, and and not let it just you know run, you know, like uh, you know, like uh, like my like my buddy Nasty. I mean, he he couldn't get out of his own head. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it would it would go on for you know games and game maybe even a set. You know, I I could shake myself out in a minute. You got to be able to do that if if that's you're going to be your attitude. You got to be able to shake yourself free of yeah. yourself and get out of your own way to which allows you to play the kind of tennis necessary to win. Doesn't work all the time, but I mean, it seems that when you're arguing, you know, or, or having a running conversation with the with, with your your team in the box, all that does is take away from the business at hand, which is playing the tennis necessary to win. I, I don't know, yeah. but he's got the game. He's got the game for sure. Look, yeah. this is this is this is the other end of the conversation that we've had multiple times on this podcast where we, you know, he bubbles up, he does something has a good result. And, and we always say like, man, is he, is he fun to watch? You know, because he has that thing, that it element that brings in the buddies at the golf course. Like sure. They all follow tennis, but like, they're not following it to the extent they probably did with Kyrgios making the run. You know, they're probably like who right. won, you know, Joker, Federer, this time. Oh, isn't it all? Like they're kind of like, they follow and they know, but then, Boy, are they following more with him because he has that extra it. You know, he's not just going through the motions out there. He has personality. You know, he's funny. He's got a sense of humor. Talk shit. You know, he talks shit to his yeah. own box. He talks to the other player. He talks to the fans. I mean, he was talking to some lady in the stands the other day and was like, you know, she's had too many drinks. She's had 30, you know, 30 drinks or something like that, you know. And and, <laughs> and it's, it's funny. And like when, when he's able to win – and do all of that, you know, like you and grandma said, like you can pretty much do anything you want as long as you keep winning because right. they'll write you positively as long as there's a win at the end, you know, right. they'll be like, you know, his banter with the crowd, you know, pushed him forward. And it's like, if he loses, it's like, you know, his uh, immature attitude towards the fans, you know, made them boo, you know, and it's like the same action happening. <laughs> right. Right. So, but we said, yeah, you know, I'll ask you in a second, but we talked before he's only before this slam, he had only made a grand slam at, I'm sorry, a quarterfinal of grand slam twice. Okay. And not one, one I don't think had been for like four or five, uh, six years. So he makes the run here. So we get to see him in six matches. He doesn't play in the doll, but we still get six matches out of them. All of them entertaining, controversial, fun, high rated, you know, the final with him versus Djokovic was like 40%, something like that, higher than last year's final, you know? And so he brings so much to the game more than just the ball hitting, the tennis. Yeah. And so I think a lot of his run had to do, he he said he got in better shape. He seemed like he was in better shape. I just think, is he able to maintain his focus and his, you know, uh, desire to pay as much attention and time to the sport to get as good as he can be? Well, uh, I can't, nobody can answer that except him. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's the only one. And, and if, uh, I guess if, if you have trouble seeing the worth and paying the price of going about it, it that way, then, you know, no, you can't beat that into somebody's head. You either see that or you don't, mm-hmm. you know, that, that it's worth the price you pay, you know, to be that good, you know, like, like a Djokovic or like a Nadal or, you know, like, like the great champions of the past who have all been willing to pay that price, you know, that sacrifice, you know, that uh, discipline that, you know, all all the, all the cliche words that go along with it, you know, that, uh, uh, that, that every, every major champion has, has had to pay, you know, to, to have to, to not only win a tournament, but to have longevity. That that's the key. One tournament does not a career make. And, 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 
you know, to, you know, but, but he's got a taste of it now. Right. You know, and, and, and I, and I, and I bet he, he says, man, that tastes mighty good. You know, just think if I'd have won that, right. you know, they, they walk, they, he walks down the street now and they say, well, look at that. There, there goes Curios. He, he's a Wimbledon finalist. What do you think it would have been like if you'd have walked down the street and he says, that man just won Wimbledon right there. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's, there's a big difference, yep. you know, but, but still he's got a taste of it. Yeah. And Okay. Yeah, uh, and and I'm sure he likes it. Anyway, yeah. no, I want to give me give me thirty it. seconds, and we'll Go move ahead. on. Curios calls you tomorrow. Says Jimmy, I got a taste of it. I like what I tasted, um, but I want you to work with me. What would you sit him down and be like, Nick? I'll work with you. Here's what we're gonna do. And you know, what would you do with them right away? What would be the first well, thing? For, you know, first things you did with them. For, first of all, that would never work because we're both too volatile a temper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't you know. know. I, I mean, feel like it could if you guys met and like you know became buddies a little bit. Well, I yeah. I mean, I I you I guys could go I, ahead I, and I, vent I, and talk shit to each other and then go out and win matches. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, no, I I I agree with that. I I think I think the 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 first thing that I would tell him is that look, I, I'm not going to say one thing to you that's not going to make you better. You know, so. The one thing you got, and, and that was the the one thing I keep going back to me because I'm talking about this about me is that that's what when 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 your your grandmother, my mom, my coach, and and when she turned me over to Pancho, that the two of them, I I trusted them completely, that they weren't going to say one thing or do one thing with my game that wasn't going to make me a better player, and that's why when they told me one thing on Tuesday. I went out and did it on Wednesday in, in a match, not in practice, in a match, because I trusted them that implicitly. And I think, I think that's, that would, would have to be the key. You know, if you're willing to listen and you're willing to put in the time and put in the effort and, and trust me that I'm going to do whatever I can to make you the best you can be, then, then, then let's give it a try. That's, that's, uh, that, that's probably the, 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 five minute conversation that, that I would have with him first. And, yeah. and then, and then, and then, and then, then you go and you give it a try and, and, and see if it works and if it works. Okay. And if not, you walk away. That's all. Right. But, right. I but, just, I think you guys, it would be so much fun just cause um, you both kind of have that, that attitude where you're like a little bit outsider and you, you don't, you know, you don't care as much what everyone else thinks you're there to just do your thing. And you know, whatever your thing is, that's what you guys go do. But man, watching him serve for the two weeks where you're like, dude, how does this guy, you know, like with that serve, can you imagine if you had that serve? <laughs> I mean, mm. if anyone had that serve, but like, it's so, like you said, like effortless, it's so natural. And like, it just, it flows all together. There's no herky jerk to it. His second serve is really good. Sometimes he just goes for two first serves. And so like, if it's just one of those things where like, if he, stays as dedicated as he was in the prep for Wimbledon and the way he played and serves like that going forward, I think he can keep it up. But it's just one of those things where like, you know, is he as dedicated as he needs to be? Because we know he's, when he's at his best, he's one of the best players in the world. Yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, you, you, you don't always walk out there and play at your best. True. And, and so uh, it's, it's those who find a way to win when they're only 70% that are the champions and, and, and the champions for a long time, you know, not, not, not an overnighter, 
you know, that, uh, you know, that uh, can, can figure out a way to, you know, to, to win matches like that. So mm-hmm. if, uh, and that, and that's what I say, you know, there's more, uh, you know, he'd be, have to be willing to put in the time, you know, to figure out what that would take. And, and, and like I said, he's got a taste of it, yeah. you know, and, and it just depends, you know, obviously he's got a team around him. Yeah. Uh, doesn't he? I mean, mm-hmm. he's got people around him, his coach, his trainer is, you know, whatever, yeah. you know, to, that, that are there. Don't they know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, should, shouldn't they know? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, it, I mean, at the end, it just comes down to him. Like if he focuses and, and can play like he did at Wimbledon, cause you know, he had some good wins over good players. You know, because his, mm-hmm. his ranking wasn't isn't great, so he was you know he beat Sitsipas in, in a good match. Where he was serving underhand and getting under his skin. That's the thing about him, where like like you know McEnroe could do it, you got you could do it, and then you said Nastasia like hurt him more. Where like the guys who would maybe argue with the umpires or talk to the fans or do things outside the like expected on court stuff. You know, if most of the time that rattles people, that's why people don't do it. That's why they try and train right. people that the first point's the same as the last point. There's no point that's different, you know, and they just do the same routine every mm-hmm. time. Do your same routine, your same routine every time, you know. Press, press, press the button. Pretty soon you're going you're gonna to have a robot out Automated. there playing for you. Yeah, yeah but I just mean yeah. like, um, uh, you know, in the match against uh, Poss, he was able to do things to get under Poss's skin, but not let it affect him too much because he won in four sets, you know. So it's like he has that ability, which not many people can do. You know, if you look through history, there's not a lot of people who are able to like kind of talk the shit in any sport, really talk the shit, back it up and not let it negatively affect them often. And Mm -hmm. it usually negatively affects the other guy. You know, it hurts the other person because they're like, come on, man, let's just play tennis. And he's over there doing his thing. I'll do it when I want. You you better watch it. He'll be criticized for gamesmanship. You better watch it. <laughs> right. I don't think he cares about that. Yeah, I know. That's what they'll say. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, he, he, he's doing that. That's gamesmanship. He can't be doing that. That's why, that, you know, they don't want anybody to be any different. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why they like everybody to be the same. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Want to save on your grocery bill? Every plate is 25% cheaper than grocery shopping. Try America's Best Value Meal Kit for delicious dinners that don't break the bank. At first, I thought meal kits had to be expensive, but turns out that every plate is more affordable than groceries. Their quality ingredients come pre-portioned to help you save money and reduce food waste. You know, like that bag of spinach you throw away every week. Skip the store and let every plate plan, shop, and deliver everything you need to cook a delicious meal at a consistently low price. In the summer, I'd rather be out enjoying the sunshine than cooking in the kitchen. Every plate helps me do just that. Simple, stress-free recipes come together in just six steps and are ready in around 30 minutes or less. The best part of every plate is that it saves me time. I hate going to the store, and if I can avoid it, I will. Every plate helps me do that. Try every plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code CONNORS179. 
That's $1.79 per meal at everyplate.com with code CONNORS179. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's move on to another sport that, that you'll be watching at 2 a.m. in the morning when you can't sleep. And, uh, and then again at 9 a.m. when you're on the bike. British Open at the course to be at if it's going to be a British St. Andrews, hollowed grounds. I don't want to get too much into the score and stuff because it was just the first day and, and everything's going to change. But talk to me about it. Who do you like? Any story? I have a little story we can tell about uh, 1995 and John Daly. But you go first. Yeah, I, I just kind of want to you know, like to talk about you know Tiger a little bit, and and uh, you know because uh, you know if you if you look at him, he's out there. He's he's playing the British Open, and you know after after everything he you know he's been through. I mean, it's been what a year and a half or so since he had that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a tragic uh, mishap accident, uh, you know, where he, last he was February. Kind of the, yeah, kind of at the bottom of a of a canyon and, and uh, you know, yeah, and going through and spending all that time in the hospital and and, uh, you know, uh, having such a problem with his leg and all they had to do to, you know, to to take care of that and to get him back to where he is now. Uh, and and you and you see him out there and. And, and you, you just kind of wonder, I mean, you know, I know it's the first day and, and uh, you know, that, uh, you know, I, I know what it's like coming back from an injury, Brad, and, and, and it's no fun because you, you got, you got to fight more than, than, than one battle. You know, you're fighting, you're fighting yourself because you're trying to get back and you want to be healthy and try to play the, the, you know, the kind of tennis or the kind of golf that, that you're expected to play, not only from yourself, but from the fans also. But then on the other hand, you know, you, he's been gone a long time. He hasn't, you know, been playing that many tournaments. Now you're taking, you know, the, you know, the stuff from the sideliners, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, well, he's just not what he used to be. And, you know, it's like that old gray mare, you know, the old gray mare, she ain't what she used to be, <laughs> you know, and, you know, but, but that, but that's, but that's what you hear. So, you know, and, and, you know, what you, they, they almost forget, you know, but they, they don't, but they, they kind of dodge around it in a way of, you know, who you are and what you've done and what you, what you've accomplished and all that. And they're only looking at now, you know, and, and, you know, the guy is, you know, has been, you know, such a great champion over the years and, and, uh, you know, for the past 20 years or so and, and what he's done for the game and, and, and everything. And, you know, is, 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 you know, and I, I just wonder, you know, I wonder if, you know, first of all, if, if, uh, you know, if, if he's come back too soon, you know, that, that there, there's always, you know, something in that. But I mean, obviously, he feels healthy enough and, and that, that he can come back and play and, and give it the kind of effort that he wants. But I know after being injured that you always try to look to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. And that's, what, that's the way I did it. I never reached it after I was injured. No. I, I, I never, I never got was back able, to where no, you were. No, never, never was able to get there. And, Tennis is different than golf, you know, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm hitting the ball on the move and, 
a lot of things go into that. Yeah, a lot know? more physical but, than golf, even though golf's physical in its own way. Um, yeah, yeah. I um, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, go ahead. But but for me, you know, we've always talked about this. You know, the tournament's better with him in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it it it, it creates more interest. It, it it creates more viewing. It creates more discussions. It creates more everything. Yeah, so the tournaments are better with him in it. So yeah, um, um, uh, I I I hope, uh, you know, when when you're at the top, you know, you always hear this. Well, he wins too much, and and you know, you you don't want. Then now all of a sudden, you know, you you like and geez, I hope he makes the cut. Geez, I wish he get in the running because it just makes it better. Yeah, you know, and because if you beat him and he's playing his best, you know, what does that mean? Yeah, <laughs> what does that mean to the guy who beats Tiger playing yeah. his best? And then oh you- my god. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I, I, I kind of like, uh, I'm kind of like whatever he wants to do, I'm fine with. Like, I don't think, I think you're right. Maybe he might have come back too fast, you know, because when you see him out there, his swing looks a little different. You can tell it's like a little different than it was prior to the crash. And But when you really see it is when he's just like walking, you know, when he's just kind of normally walking, you can tell his his walk is, you know, obviously it's just different because of the the it was a brutal crash. Like his leg was pretty meshed up. You said it was only a year and a half ago. It was February of last year. So I'm kind of like, Hey, if he wants to come back, you never know. Like he might, we might only have him for a few more slams or another year or it might be fucked. So it's like, he has to go try it. And so if he's willing to go out there and not be the same guy we're all used to and like all these experts are saying tarnish his image and all that kind of crap, which like, I don't agree with at all. I'm fine with it. Like, cause like, like you said, it's more, you know, it's, he maybe maybe he's trying to come back too soon to, you know, to be, to have his, um, you know, uh, his, uh, his Ben Hogan moment. I'm just blanking Ben Hogan moment after Hogan had the crazy car crash he had, and then was able to come back and win a slam. But I don't care. Like if he thinks he can do it, it's just golf at the end of the day. You know, it's not, uh, you know, you coming back, having to play five hours out in the heat and physical shit, you know, getting pounded on it. You know, he's got a guy carrying his bag and, you know, he's, he's walking around. He'll be all right. You know, they feel like yeah. he trains and takes care of himself and, and, and does good. But yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah. uh, I, I have one story. We'll do it quick because we're uh, got some other stuff real yep. quick we want to get to. One of the last times the British was at St. Andrews was 1995, 27 years ago. That was when I was in high school. It was when I was playing golf every day, uh, maybe in the golf the most I've ever been. And we used to, before every Grand Slam, would call our friend Billy Lelly, who we've talked about on the show before, a uh, gambling uh, aficionado, we will say. Um, <laughs> right. And we would pick three or four guys that we like or thought would win the Slam and look through the odds and blah, blah, blah. And we'd each pick three or four guys and put it in. And then we'd watch, you know, and follow that slam for the next four or five days over the weekend, you know. And so here it is, 1995. And uh, I can remember two of the people I took. I probably took more. But I used to, for a long time, I took Davis Love III because I always thought he was really good. His swing's really nice. Didn't win as much, uh, as many majors as as everyone might have thought. But boy, was he good. And I was like, man, the fairways are wide over there. And, you know, I've always loved John Daly. You know, both of yeah. us, I feel like, are John Daly fans. And I was like, all right, put, you know, whatever, 10 or 20 bucks, whatever we were betting uh, on John Daly. And I can remember like it was yesterday, he was 66 to 1. Oh, my. To win I, the yep, British Open. Got, yep. Yep, that's crazy. And do you remember yep. what happened? Oh, yeah. I, I remember. 
I remember after. Uh, who first, did he beat? First, of first off, who did he beat? He beat uh, uh, in a three-hole playoff. Uh, he beat uh, Constantina Roca. That's right. Yeah, that's uh, right. And 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 I and, and I actually just saw it at about two o'clock this morning uh, <laughs> uh, that uh, the the putt that Roca made to get into the the playoff with him was from the 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 Valley of Sin or Valley of Death or something <laughs> on, right. the, on on the last hole. And, and, he, and he thinks that and he falls down and starts pounding on the green. And uh, his, <laughs> like he wanted. <laughs> yeah, like he wanted. That's right. His job wasn't over yet. That's right. Yeah, but, I remember that. He makes that crazy putt. And you're almost thinking, oh, is this like fate for Roca? And then they cut to Daly. And Daly is standing there with like his second or third wife or whatever. You know, he's sitting there thinking like, dude, he's not making this putt from the Valley of Death or whatever it is. Right. And he drains it. And he's like, you know, pounding. And then you see him. He goes, you can, he says something like, all right, like back to work or something, you know, because yeah. he has to go <laughs> loosen up or go warm up for the range. Uh, and then wins in the three-hole playoff. And uh, I'm going crazy. I'm like, oh my God, 66 to one, you know? And when you're in high school and 66 to one, even on like a five or $10 bet hits, you're like, you're rich. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so that's uh, crazy. I remember, you know, celebrating and bragging and calling my buddy and calling you and us talking about it and everything. And then the next day calling Mr. William Lelly. <laughs> And getting the uh, news that, oh, oh, uh, you wanted daily? Uh, I thought you wanted Mailey. <laughs> you know, I thought you wanted Don Jaley. <laughs> he didn't make the cut. <laughs> so he didn't get the 66 to 1, and uh, it ends up being a better story than, than the money yeah, would have been. Exactly. So. Exactly. Oh, um, God. All right. Hey, listen. Hey, uh, uh, you, you uh, got into Facebook and you got some questions. You have some good ones? Yeah, I did. I went on Facebook. I'll start doing this a little more so people can kind of interact with us and, uh, and uh, you know, um, ask questions or to present topics because I know we end up talking a lot about some of the same stuff because we're into kind of the same stuff. But uh, got some questions here. Somebody said they need to hear, oh yeah, first off, they need, to, they need a new Connor's Kitchen. There hasn't been a Connor's Kitchen in a while and they're wondering why. Well, uh, actually, there will be a new Connor's Kitchen, and uh, that hopefully it'll be finished in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> so, oh, that's uh, right. And uh, yeah, uh, we're we're still uh, in the midst of uh, putting all everything together, and and hopefully everything will be in uh, in in the next couple of weeks. And and actually, uh, it would be fun to do a Connor's Kitchen to you know to to show what we've done, and and uh, and and hope everybody likes it. We're 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 gonna love it. It's uh, it's turned out just the way we like, and. And uh, can't wait for it to be finished. So I look forward to doing that. That sounds good. Uh, we can, everybody out there listening can send us what they think the first meal in the new Connor's Kitchen should be. And uh, we'll take those into consideration and, and get one out there. Um, okay, first up, if you could go back, this is John Briggs. If you could go back and change a year in your tennis life, what year would it be and why? Yeah, I, I think I'd uh, I'd go back and and kind of recreate uh, redo my sophomore slump, uh, even 75. though uh, which was seventy five. Yeah, I had such a a great year in seventy four, and and I came off and um, I kind of you know thought I was bulletproof and and kind of didn't work at my game and train like I should have, and uh, had I had a lot of fun that year. I'm not I'm not denying <laughs> that, but. But uh, you know, lost uh, you know, put on put on a few pounds, uh, mm -hmm. uh, a few more than just a few, and 
And uh, even though I got to the finals of all three Grand Slams, I mean, for you know, for for a lot of players that would be a career, but for me it was a total disappointment. So I'd probably go back and uh, you know, kind of rethink a few things that I did over the course of that year, and uh, yeah, get through it that way. All right, that's good. Uh, made all three finals of the Slam, made six in a row, winning three of them. Um, one mini breakoff question I can say uh, off of that. Do you regret not playing Australia more? I know we've talked about it more and then there was a Sydney tournament in October, blah, blah, blah. But just in a vacuum, if I ask you, do you wish you had gone down there more and, and played it a few more years in your prime? Yes or no? No, I, I don't think so. Uh, I, I played it twice and, you know, Australia back then wasn't what it is now. And, and uh, it was over Christmas and New Year and, and, uh, you know, basically, you know, back then uh, I was playing a, 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 some exhibition weeks with Nasty. So we would go either to Asia or South America or even around the States here or Europe. And, you know, we'd play six out of seven nights and, you know, try, because that was that was how we were making making money back then. I mean, there wasn't mm-hmm. the kind of money in the game uh, then as there is now, that's for sure. And. So that's that's how we were making some money. So I needed some time off, uh, yeah. and, uh, and, uh, and 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 spending Christmas and and New Year's and uh, but uh, but you know come January I was ready to play and and uh, you know get back at it. But uh, yeah, uh, no, I I don't regret not going down there. No. Okay. Okay. How about this one, Jason Prim? If a twenty-year-old version of yourself, meaning like you know starting to get on tour, same strokes mm-hmm. and equipment were transported to today. And you had to like, all of a sudden, I guess a better way is like, do you think, how long would it take you to adjust to today's game and all the equipment if you, if a 20 year old version of you was transported to today? Like, what do you think are the things you know you would have to change about your game to make up for blank that you see when you watch today? Yeah, I, I, you know, I wouldn't change my game. I mean, my, my game was, uh, was as solid as, uh, uh, you know, as as I wanted it to be, uh, the equipment would have given me, you know, a little more room, you know, uh, on the face to hit the ball and and give me a little maybe a little more speed off of that. Uh, but as far as, I mean, you know, like what about the serve? The would you like focus on because the serves? So many of the guys with the serve get so many free points nowadays, or you know, unreturned points that you'd be like, look, you know, as good as I am, you know, defending and and returning, like you know with this equipment, I'll be able to, to juice up my serve a little bit. I mean, you're not like six, four, like these guys, but, no. but there's guys out there, you know, who are, you know, still able to pop it, even though they're not, you know, six, three or four. Yeah. But the rackets to, today to me seems so light. Uh, and, and that, that wasn't, that wasn't my game. My rackets were heavy. Uh, they, you know, they weighed, you know, 460 grams or something. They were heavy. I put lead tape on them and, and all that. So, uh, the racket was really, you know, helping me uh, do the work. Uh, I wasn't doing all the work. Mm-hmm. Once I got the racket started, it would it would get on through there for me. I just had to get it started. Uh, but the, the rackets today seem so light that uh, I, I, you know, to be honest with you, I, I don't know if if, uh, if I could uh, if I could play with these rackets. Yeah. You know, you know, with with uh, with my style and you know it, it uh, and you know with my ground strokes and as flat as I would hit it. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, when I change to the strings, I don't hit topspin, so that wouldn't help me. Mm-hmm. You know, so I wonder if you uh, would like change, and it's hard to say because it's like this giant what if. But like, how would you know? You'd probably somehow adapt and figure out ways. When, you know, tinkering with the equipment and 
and all and that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's, it's funny. It's a hard one to think about because it's so different. Like if you grow up playing with, you know, wicker wood shafts and your golf clubs, and then now you have graphite, you know, crazy technology today, it's hard almost to be like, well, like those things that you, tr- you do today on every swing weren't even possible. I, I tinkered with my equipment though, Brad, uh, uh, Pancho Gonzalez, you, uh, showed me how to do that with the lead tape and, and how, uh, that little T2000 that, uh, that I used, how, how I made that into play like a midsize racket, uh, you know, and, and, uh, just by, just by the weight, uh, you know, and, and, you know, trying, you know, as I was hitting into such a small sweet spot, you know, that, uh, you know, the, what, what he was telling me to do and how to do it and, and the balance and all that, that, you know, was, was giving me a little, you know, trying to give me a little more room to hit the, you know, the ball into the sweet spot, mm-hmm. you know, back, you know, back, back then, you know, uh, you know, tinkering, you know, we, we didn't have guys that were doing all the tinkering for us and, you know, building the rackets just to our specs and all that, you know, we, we get a racket and, and fix it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, you know, you had to, to try, you know, and figure out your own tricks, you know, that, uh, that might help you. And, and uh, you know, make it better. So yeah. that's cool I mean, though. Like, I mean, I think that's yeah, kind of cool. Yeah. That's like uh that's something like Billy Baru, you know, like uh, Brassy Niblick naming your rackets because you know which ones are the ones. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like today when you see some of the players, like they have tw- you know twelve rackets on the court, and like are any of them? Do they care any more or less about any of them? You know, they're no. almost like they all look the same. They're just you know they probably can have as many of them as they want. You know, and back then the wood, you know, they were literally made out of wood, so each racket was completely like unique. Because as much right. as you would try to make the exact same thing out of two different pieces of wood, it's probably almost kind of impossible, you know, when you're framing yeah, ba- it, shaping balance it. Was, balance was different, you know, was the stiffness different, you know, uh, you know, how, how, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, once, once I got away from the wood, I didn't, uh, you know, I stayed with the T2000, you know, but uh, I, I remember a- asking Mr. Lacoste if he could make me a midsize or an oversized T2000. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, uh, I remember uh, going to Paris and, and uh, he was doing his best and, and uh, trying to make it and, you know, with the same uh, uh, string pattern and, and, and everything. And, uh, and, and I would take it out. I took it out and hit it. And I've never played with a racket that had that kind of power ever. <laughs> it must have been heavy but, with all that metal. Was but, it heavy? But it, it would only last about two games. Mm. Yeah, because of the 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 size of the head, it would just boom. It would just explode, and, and uh, <laughs> so uh, it, it it never worked. But but uh, but just spending time with Mister Lacoste and and uh, you know trying to figure out a way to to do something like that for me that was a a, a memorable experience in itself. And mm. uh, and what a gentleman! And and uh, you know we we became quite good friends. Yeah, uh, you know, you've always uh, talked, the end. talked well about him. Tinkering in the lab with Mr. Lacoste might be the episode title. That sounds like a good, <laughs> sounds like a good one. But yeah, it's too bad. It's um, it's so weird because you learned and got so good on that specific racket, but then no other rackets, you know, almost tried to copy it. Like a lot of people couldn't even play with it because it was so small. Like you, when you see flashbacks and then young people today in the comments on social media will be like what is that a badminton racket you know because it looks so absurdly like difficult to play tennis with and 
Hey, hey, you play, know. play that. It took talent to play with that racket. <laughs> 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 and, I, and I say that with a smile because you're right. I was the only one. I mean, that racket, uh, a lot of uh, great players tried to play with that racket mm-hmm. and, and, and they, they, they could not stick with it. And, and from the day I saw that racket down in Florida, uh, and and uh, and went over and watched the 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 gentleman from Wilson Sporting Goods, who it was a prototype. I stood there at the fence and I saw that thing glitter in the sun, and and I looked at at, at um, my mom, and and I said, I gotta have that. <laughs> I, I gotta have that. And and she knew. Uh, uh, his name was Jack Staten, uh, and she knew him. And went up and said, "Is there any way that my son could could uh, try that racket? He he just uh, he just can't take his eyes off of it." And and hmm. I said that uh, you know, it's a prototype, you know, and they're not on the market and blah blah blah. And so we go home and I'm I'm still playing with a you know with a wood racket and and all of a sudden we get the, get this package in the mail and 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 I got uh, I got two T two thousands. <laughs> and and that 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 changed that changed my tennis life right there. Yeah, changed your whole so, life. Yep, yep, <laughs> yeah, it did. Changed your whole, exactly. whole life. That was uh, that was the magic wand. Um, it's uh, another cool thing is when I look at the ones you have, they're so each one is so distinctive and unique. Like they all have they all have the old leather grips, but they all some of them still have like the sticker on the bottom of like you know the stringer, the tension you would get it at. You know, and then you'll have right. all the lead tape. There's literally like tape, you know, lead chunks on the side. It's all made of metal. You know, it's not like it's, it's almost dangerous if it slips or you, you almost hit yourself or cut yourself. Did you ever used to cut yourself for anything with it? Like, you know. Yeah. You know, you didn't, you didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to come through. And that, that's probably why it didn't work on my serve so much because every, every time I did, I hit myself in the shin. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to get hit by that. Uh, you know, yeah. But, it, it, you know, that, uh, you know, the, the, it was, I mean, it was a weapon. It literally was a weapon. And, and, uh, but man, did that, uh, that, that racket had such power. It had power and, and the, the control was the, was the problem. That's why a lot of the players, you know, couldn't, couldn't play with it because it was difficult to control, but it was the, the stringing and the way you strung it was, was the most important, mm-hmm. you know, and the tension and, you know, and and, uh, and and it's funny that when I first got them, uh, your great grandma, you know, uh, my grandmother, uh, would two string mom. it, and and to mom, and and she and she strung those rackets with that crazy stringing that it had. It wasn't, you know, the eyelets. You know, it's like in a wood racket. She strang, she would string that racket with a picking and all. No way. And and and. It, <laughs> and how how she did that was unbelievable, but uh, she did it. She said, "If you like it, I'll learn how to string it," and and she did. And, and <laughs> there it was, just crazy. That's good that's history. A, that's it's an awesome history. story. I've never heard you tell that. That uh, yeah, uh, the part about the the oversized T two thousand. I mean, and how cool is that? Grandma's your coach, and not some people we've talked talked about it before, but your grandma, my great grandma, uh, Bertha, was yep. nicknamed Two Mom. Because it was like almost like you had didn't just have Grandma Glow, you had you had her, so it was almost like you had two moms. And so, I did. yeah. And we've talked That's a lot right. about Grandma, but how <laughs> how crazy is that that Grandma's the coach, and then 
your great grandma, my great grandma, Bertha, is the stringer yeah. for the T2000s early on. Imagine if it was today and you were playing and you were young and like they would shoot the box and there'd be grandma glow and, you know, mom or whatever and, and friends. And, and then who's that? Oh, that's uh, that's his grandmother, Bertha. Oh, that's cool. She flew out to support support. She's here stringing his rackets. They're bringing yes. one over right now. She's got to go in the back and string it between sets, you know? Yeah, she, she do it. She do it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, that's a good story. One last question, and then we'll get out of here. It's been a good long episode, but it's gone fast, which means we've had fun. Um, yes. Bart Blanks asked this question. It's become more and more of a trend the last few years, but Curios is one of the guys who gets credit for starting it and definitely uses it in, uh, in some of his bigger matches. So Bart Blanks asks, Pros and cons of tactics such as the underhand serve. So like you talk about that or, or anything that seems absurd, you know, by itself, but that like used at the right time or tactically, or if you see an opportunity is quote unquote, a very smart move when used right. Yeah, I, I agree. What's wrong with that? Uh, you, you know, I mean, it's, it's not, you know, the, 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 the tennis purists seem to always want it the one way which is their way, <laughs> you know? And, and so, you know, to go to step outside the box and, you know, uh, and, and, and do something different uh, and, and, and be different and, and have your own uh, character and your own charisma and, and all that is, is almost unwanted, mm-hmm. uh, you know? So, you know, what, what, what's wrong with that to catch your opponent off guard? You know, better watch it. It's going to be called for gamesmanship. Watch out. <laughs> you love that. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but, but, but it's, it, it's crazy, well, you know, to, I to, think, to think, go, go ahead. ahead. I, I agree. I think it's, uh, it seems like, oh, it's, it's because everyone hits the serve so hard and it's, a, every, it's like a given. Everyone goes as hard as they can for the serve the first. And that's just how it is. And it's how it always is, you know? And, and so, plus they play back so far behind the baseline anyway. Exactly. That's what I was just going to say. I was like, you see some of the guys like Warinka played. I can't remember. I think it was earlier this week. He's, you know, uh, coming back a little bit. And he does a thing where the first, the guy serves the first serve. And then a lot of times he backs up on the second serve return, which I'm sure makes sense to him and for his game and to other better knowledgeable tennis people. But to me, it seems crazy. Because, like, I always grew up, obviously, the guy's putting crazy overspin. Maybe you can't come in on, you know, push forward on the baseline and get on top of it. But to me, a second serve is a chance to move in, step inside the line, take it early, try and hit it right back at his feet, right? Or take a little of his time away. And so, like, to see, like, a guy standing almost at the wall on a second serve return, like, hell yeah, I think uh, an underhand serve or, you you know, tactics like that when you see an opening are smart. Yeah. I, I, I listen. Yeah, that any anything, uh, you know. That's that's why you 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 can't think of anything else out there. You know that when I would walk out there, you know, I I only had one thing on my mind, and that and that's what I had to do. You know, to to be the best that I could be. That means that you know I had to be sharp for every every little thing that happened. I had to be on the. You know, if somebody would serve underhand to me, well, you know, how would I handle that? Would I come in and try to hit a winner? Would I just play it back deep and? you know, get into the net, you know, all that stuff. You got too many things. That's why I say, leave your box alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you, you got enough to do to take care of your business down there on the court yourself. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, uh, yeah, you know, that, that's, that, that's just the way, 
I feel about it. You know, everybody's got, they're going to say, well, that's not the way I do it. Well, then don't do it that way. That's all right. They can do it their way and you do it your way. Yeah. I mean, other guys do it too, like Alexander Bublik, who's a pretty funny uh, player on tour. He busts it out a lot. Um, But yeah, I think uh, that's the other thing about Curios. He he does it well. Like he can do it pretty well um, and isn't afraid to do it. So knowing he has his crazy good serve when it's normal and then he has the option to catch you off guard like talk about uh having someone on a yo-yo you know like you have to stay you know far enough back that he's going to hit this 150 mile an hour like bomb down the tee or out wide or in the body but then he can also slide in this little like slice slider underhand serve where you have to be able to like sprint up to the service box you know at any given chance yeah you got you got to be able to mix your game up mix it up whatever it takes to do that and you know, if, 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 you know, first of all, he's got one of the best serves ever anyway. To mix it up like that, all that does is catch your opponent a little off guard. Mm-hmm. So, hey, there you go. And it makes them have to honor that. Like, even if you only bust it out once a match, you know, and you do it at the right time, it's like now he has to kind of plan for that because it could be there, you know, even if you never use it the rest of the match. Yeah. So, and then I think uh, for, like, club players, it's even, I think it's even more of that stuff is better, right? Because if you're a club player, you know, you're not hitting 150 mile an hour bombs. You're not totally in just pattern driven rallies. Like a lot of these big players are, or, you know, they can, you, you are you're not as good. You're older, you're, you have injuries, but you play for fun is double. So like, if you can get away with anything <laughs> you're playing out there, then I'd say, go for it. I think that's uh, that's the beauty of playing tennis. I agree. Okay. I, I agree. You know, uh, you know, you know where to find us. Yep. Um, don't keep you. It's been, this has been a long podcast. This has been a fun one. Yeah. Though. So yeah, uh, well, we were talkative. Yeah, <laughs> we were. We had a lot to talk about, but uh, all right. So you're alone up there. Have fun with Bogey and uh, Steve Arino. Uh, I'm down here. I am going to uh, chill. I work tomorrow early, early again. So I'm going to work on putting this out. And then as you said, you know where you can find us at ADV Connors on Twitter. Jimmy's at Jimmy uh, Jimmy Connors on Twitter. I'm Brett underscore Connors. Follow us on Instagram at Advantage Connors spelled out. You can follow our show's mascot who's passed out on the couch over here on a pillow with her raccoon, which is her favorite toy. Uh, oh boy. At Gold Dude Isabella. Please follow her. She needs to get her numbers up. She actually has way more followers than the podcast does. So we're a little bit jealous here trying to leach off some of her catch, popularity. We better catch up on the podcast. You know. Uh, tell tell Isabella to give us some of her followers. Right, she gives us a shout out on her stories, so she's doing her best. She's trying, but uh, I guess we got to step our game up. <laughs> we'll, we'll do it. Been right. fun, brother. Been right. fun. I love you. I'll, I'll see you soon. And uh, keep those questions coming. I, I I like answering your questions. Yep, definitely. We'll start doing a little bit more of that. I love you too. This has been fun. And uh, send us questions. Follow us and check us out on our new platform, Cloud Ten iHeart Podcast. And that's about it. Talk to you soon. Peace. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.